0: Live from the finley toyota espn las vegas studios he doesn't have a tricky oh, body he does okay. he doesn't look like okay look at if, if that guy's walking down the street you have no idea who he is
1: i don't know if you're saying yeah he's the best quarterback in the world
0: this is the press box
1: so we are tricky it's, it's, body list is james harden and patrick Mahomes, and yeah. now patrick Mahomes runs kind of fun with grainy and bischoff yeah oh and uh beck trevelle, trevelle beck's body so is not tricky we know exactly know. what TurboFax body is. It is
0: not tricky in any way. Not at all. That is a complete lie. Stop trying to put TurboFax in that category. On ESPN, Las Vegas. All right, here we go. In another week on a Friday. It's Ed, Tyler, Danny running the show. Jared, we have no idea where he is, and I don't know if we want you. Start it off.
1: The first bite. What is the Raiders' biggest concern? In week three, offensive line, the health of the offensive line. the health of the offensive line, far more than the running back. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that Josh Jacobs' actual health no. is going to make it's a big difference. Sad that we say that. Yeah, but it's. I mean, you got to have the offensive line going. Yeah. Like that's the key there. So, they. So Richie Incognito, is he going to play at all? I, I think you mean the season. I know. Yeah, the entire season. Is he going to play at all? I don't know.
0: I mean, it, it, like three weeks ago, is like, looking good for this week. <laughs> I haven't seen that. The last time I saw him was when we were standing near the weight room because it's the only cool place in the field to get some air conditioning. And they kind of look at it like you can stand outside, but don't you dare put one foot inside. And he was in there. I thought he was lifting. I thought he was doing something lifting. He wasn't doing anything with lower body because it's a, uh, his. that's where his injury is. Um, so I'm not sure. He was hurt last year. He's hurt this year. I mean, until you see him on the field, I guess to see it,
1: you know, believe it when we see it. Yeah. I mean, he got hurt in that joint practice with the Rams, which was three weeks before the season opener. At the time, the Raiders seemed optimistic he'd play in the season opener, and then it became optimistic he'd play in week two. Right. And now we're sitting at week three. Hasn't been on yet. And he hasn't practiced, and I don't think there's any reason to think he's going to play this Sunday. And it's like, all right, what's happening with Richie Incognito? And as we've talked about, Throughout the offseason, the Raiders made the choice to blow up the offensive line, and yep. Richie Incognito was kind of the, him and Colton Miller were the two like, oh, we know what we have in those guys, and now all of a sudden, Richie Incognito, how much is he going to play? I mean, he only played two games last year, too. Like, this isn't, this isn't like they've gotten unbelievable production out of him. He played 12 out of the 16 his first year in 2019, two out of the 16 okay. last year.
0: I forgot it was that few last yeah? year. Maybe I was thinking of the first year he was with them. I can't. I, I forgot it was that few last year. Yeah, he's played what? What is that? So two of their 14, last eighteen games. Two of the last 18, 14 total since
1: he's been there. Yep, it's not a lot. No, He's played less than half of the game since the Raiders signed him. So I don't think. I mean, at this point, going into week three, he hasn't played. We don't really have an actual update on when the Raiders think he'll be back at this point because again, they thought he was going to be back in week two. I don't. I. I mean, I think if you're looking at the Raiders' offensive line, you're looking at the whole season and trying to figure out okay. When will they be better? How will they be better? I don't know that you can actually count on, hey, when Richie Incognito comes back, it'll be better because is he going to come back? I would do nothing if I was them for the next few weeks than
0: practice pass blocking because I'm not sure they'll call for a run play (laughs) because in the Steelers game, I didn't know if they'd ever
1: call for a run play. So uh, we don't even know if their run blocking is any good. So, all right, Adam Candy and I had this conversation on Wednesday when you were out I think we might need to give Mike Mayock some credit for sabotaging the offensive line because in the NFL passing is more efficient. True. Like pretty much every team should be passing more than they are right now. But John Gruden loves to establish the run. He loves to come out and run it. He wants to get to third and five, right? That's his objective. It seems like get to third and five. It's a manageable third and throw to Waller. Right. But you're better off just throwing. All the time, and so Mike Mayock blows up the offensive line. They cannot run block, they cannot do it. They're not going to run for more than like seven yards at any point in the game. So, John Gruden is forced to, Well, I can't run the ball, so we got to throw it. And now, all of a sudden, the offense and Derek Carr look better than ever.
0: Is this why, throughout all of training camp, the only place we ever saw Mayock was over by the offensive line? And he was secretly saying, uh, "Looks good there, Leatherwood." Right? Back off, right? back off, Leatherwood. We don't need to see you right? looking good.
1: Everyone thought he was like looking over because he blew it up and was like, Uh-oh, "Uh oh, this might not see be my good." Guys, In yeah. reality, he was like, "I hope these guys suck. <laughs> I hope they can't run block for anything. Just get, you know, have some decent pass block up there so Derek Carr doesn't get crushed." But that. So when we look at biggest concern for this game, and honestly, it'll probably be every game the rest of the season for the offense is going to be the pass blocking. Yeah. Like, because Derek Carr has had a fumbling problem in his career. We've already seen it a couple of times this year. But can they keep Derek Carr upright long enough to throw the ball down the field? They've done a good enough job so far this season. He has been sacked five times. So there is a level of that where, okay, it hasn't been great. But can they keep Derek Carr upright enough to where he can throw the ball down the field? Because this whole idea that they can't run the ball, but they're going to throw it more, and they're actually good at throwing it, it kind of gets killed if Derek Carr has half a second to throw the ball. I mean, it
0: depends also on who they're playing.
1: Right. I that mean, a
0: week to week. I mean, yeah. if it's a really good rush or a really good defensive line against them, it's going to be different maybe most weeks. Because five sacks in two games is a lot. Um, but I think it's kind of been overshadowed or at least camouflaged by the fact they're 2-0. Right. If, so yes, if it, they're 0-2, then people are like, oh, you got sacked five times. You can't protect this guy.
1: If this team was oh and two we That's would what be talking about we would be torching the offensive yes. line and the decision that the Raiders made to yes. blow it up that would be sort of the main conversation okay. right now and they're not that far away from being zero and two it's one play against the Ravens and they they lose that game and you know a handful of plays against the Steelers goes the other way and they lose that game so if those happen we're talking about how the offensive line has been a big reason mm-hmm. why and the Raiders decided to blow it up and it hasn't gone very well but they are 2-0, 2-0. and so it's easier to get past the offensive line. But I think that's going to be offensively the biggest problem the rest of the season, the offensive line. And then, you know, as default of that, the running game, does it exist at all? Like, is there any running game to speak of, Or are we talking about Peyton Barber getting 11 carries going for 30 yards and the Joker and the Joker who got barely any carries. It felt like last week.
0: I don't know if Jacobs plays though. Was, I, and it, it's look we said like it doesn't it's not a big difference if he does or he doesn't play especially if he's hobbling at all because Drake and the Joker excuse me Drake and Peyton Barber can probably do at least combined what he would do anyway like you were saying because of the run game but he
1: hasn't been out of practice. No, he was apparently there yesterday in a non-contact jersey for the 10 minutes that the media got to watch yes. but they actually listed him as did not practice. So, he must not have done anything after the media was gone. So that's your Thursday practice. I would assume that means he's not playing? Uh, yeah, the
0: only thing he's told us before the season is he goes, "I'll probably take all Wednesdays off because he's gotten, you know, he's gotten hit a lot in his first few years." But now it's Friday. So if you haven't done anything yeah.
1: and it's Friday, then I would tend to believe he's not going to play. So you're looking at, you know, no Josh Jacobs on no Richie no incognito, incognito and even the rest of the offensive line is not very good. Leatherwood they... did work though. Yes, Leatherwood did, did yeah. right. Leatherwood and Carr were both full full participants, so Leatherwood and Carr seem to be fine now. Is Alex Leatherwood playing a good thing? I don't, I don't I, know. He hasn't mm-hmm. exactly been good so far this season, so it might not actually be a good thing that he's a full participant right now. But that's when we look ahead; that's going to be the conversation every yeah. week. Is the offensive line? And they're listen; they're going to lose a game because of the offensive line this year. It's going to happen. It might not be this week, but they, they're going to lose a game because the offensive line. Car gets sacked five times in a game or something like that. Or they have, you know, seven rushing yards on 21 carries or something ridiculous. It's going to happen because they they blew it up. And that was, I mean, we kind of knew that going in, that there was going to be some moments. I think it's been even worse than expected, though. Especially if Incognito doesn't come back. Yeah, especially that. So that's the biggest concern. Defensively, I had a hard time trying to figure out what I think their biggest concern is defensively.
0: I mean, I don't think it's going to happen this week because Miami's offensive line is even worse than Pittsburgh's. So I think they're going to be fine again with their offensive fr- or their defensive front again this week. But again, just like with the offensive line, what you just said, they're going to start playing teams eventually where it's going to be much tougher to get to the quarterback. And if he doesn't blitz, and you and I talked about it yesterday, if he doesn't blitz and he's just not a coordinator who blitzes much at all. Then we're going to see if this back end's any good. We're going to see if Casey Hayward's as good as he's played. We're going to see if Trayvon Mullen, I saw something written yesterday, you know, Trayvon Mullen's become, you know, a much better corner. I'm not so sure I believe that yet. You know, even Gus Bradley yesterday, when he's asked about Corey Littleton, he's like, well, you know, he's been pretty good. He's getting tackles for us. That was kind of an indictment on how good do you think Corey Littleton's been? Uh, He's getting tackles Yeah. I mean, Denzel Perryman's leading him in in tackles. Again, I think defensively we have to wait to see them play a game Against a team with a decent offensive line, to where you don't get home and don't get to the quarterback, and you're only
1: rushing four, and then all of a, right. a sudden, well, can these guys back here cover anybody? Right, that's going to be the key in a lot of these games. But you look at this game in particular, and I don't think that's going to be an issue. No, I, I don't. The think, horrible offensive yeah. line. I mean, defensively, I, I do not think the Raiders are going to have. I mean, they're going to give up points, but I don't think they're right. going to have a struggle with no. anything. It's not. I don't expect Miami to come in here and run for 150 no. yards, and I don't expect Jacoby Brissett to come in here and throw for 350 no. yards. I think. Miami will move the ball a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be some crazy great offensive game for Miami, which, by the way, we've come a long way with the defense already that in week three, we're not talking about them no. getting carved up, that we're trying to find trying to find holes in the defense for this matchup with Miami, and it's kind of hard to do.
0: The first time I think we really have a clue is a week from Monday when they play at the Chargers. Yeah. And they play that quarterback, and if he continues to improve, he hasn't been great so far, but if he continues to improve and his receivers are on that day, then – then we'll see. Herbert we'll throws see. it down the field.
1: He he, yeah, he, it he throws it down the field, so and we'll see. Sometimes it doesn't work out very well for the Chargers, but he throws it down the field, and that's something the Raiders haven't really dealt with a lot right. this year because Roethlisberger, I don't think his arm works to throw it beyond five yards anymore, and Lamar Jackson threw maybe two passes that right. traveled 20 yards in the air and completed one of them for like a 50-yard game. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just they have not seen that yet, so they haven't had to been tested. Now, again, Max Crosby stays as one of the best edge rushers right. in football even the chargers and even the chiefs might not be able to throw it down the field quite as much as they're used to because max crosby's there trying to right. get to the quarterback pressure on the quarterback and force it away early. Uh I do want to ask you this before we get into this weekend. Playoff odds for the raiders right now. Uh 538 gives the raiders a 49 and percent chance to make the playoffs. Football outsiders projects them to win 9.2 games, sixth most in the AFC. You feel does 50-50 feel right for the raiders playoff odds after they start 2-0? 50-50
0: Feels to me like they're just not believers yet, and nor should they be. They've made it once in 17 years. Like that makes, <laughs> like that to me believes who's ever doing these odds and uh, 538 isn't a 50 percent chance that they're waiting and seeing. Now, next week if they're three and O, that's going to go up.
1: When you get to three and O, it becomes it comes kind of hard to miss the playoffs once you get. You to got to really
0: mess things up. Even Gruden said last year they were two and O last year, and you saw what happened. Three and O it's really bad i think if you're 3 and 0 and you
1: don't make the playoffs. Yeah. No, the Carolina Panthers will miss the playoffs, but yeah. nobody thinks the Carolina Panthers are any good. Yeah. So, but yeah, if they, i mean if they get to 3 and 0, you're talking about uh, I'm sure we'll see the numbers once they get to 3-0, but the percentage of teams that make the playoffs after a 3-0 start, it's got to be over 75. I was just going to
0: say we just saw a, a graphic on the wild card weekend. I think there's 14 wild card teams now. <laughs> so if they can't get enough that then I don't then I don't know if they're going to get in if they go 3-0.
1: All right, coming up next, hockey's back. The Golden Knights are back at training camp and they got a preseason game this weekend. You're
0: sitting in the press box with Graney and
1: Bischoff on
0: ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff
1: underscore Tyler. Ed, do you have any uh, breaking insights to the Golden Knights after the first day that you were out at camp? Is anybody fast or big or?
0: The media looks better with masks on, according to Pete DeBoer.
1: But that's not your reporting.
0: That's Pete DeBoer. Pete Oh, my reporting, my reporting. Yeah. Um nobody was fast the or big. flagman uh has obviously been working out in the gym cuz he waved his flag the entire 2 hours so his arms are much oh, bigger. Flag man. Uh flagman was there 2 straight hours waving the flag. I'm trying to think if there are other uh things I needed to be paying attention to. Nobody yeah.
1: must have been faster big. Okay. Didn't
0: appear anyone was faster big. Um No, there wasn't. I I my reporting skills yesterday pretty much watched the scrimmage and uh Nolan Patrick uh, looked really, really good. He looked uh, very skilled. Skilled. Uh, we'll see what happens when someone takes him against the boards, because that's kind of been the issue, obviously, um, with his health. Uh, so Robin Leonard looked good. Uh, backup goalie um, from uh, Winnipeg looked good. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of guys looked, quote-unquote, good. All right. It was the first day of camp. So. Okay. Looked a lot, a lot going on. PS a lot of looked guys good. looked good. A lot of guys looked good, and flag guy was waving the flag a lot. His arms are big. There were a lot of people that were very excited and oohed and odd and, and, you know, like really got fired up. But that was the
1: media section, so <laughs> I'm not really, you know, I don't really know what happened with everyone else. So we did see uh, a few interesting things as far as line combinations went. Speaking of Nolan Patrick, the Golden Knights put Matthias Janmark, Nolan Patrick, and Evgeny Dadnov on a line together. The assumption after one day of camp is that that right now is the leader to be the Golden Knights' third line. The top two lines look like they've got a good chance to stay intact, where you have Patrick Stevenson, and Stone, and then the March. So Carlson and Smith line, because there's no chance you can break that up. But third line of Janmark, Patrick, Dadnoff. We've heard Kelly McCrimmon say he thinks it's the best group of forwards they've ever had. That third line looks to be, or has the potential to be, the best third line the Golden Knights have. Should we should we go into the year assuming that? Should we go into the year thinking, yep, that'll do it? I think we should. It's interesting because I believe all three have
0: played center, so they're pretty interchangeable guys. Um, I do think we should. You know, Tuck's not, obviously not starting the season because uh, he's hurt. Still don't really know what they're going to do with him in terms of where they're going to place him. Uh, I do think that that's going to be the third line. And I think, you know, there's – there's like I said, all three have played center. There's a lot of skill, a lot of uh, – uh, Chances for scoring chances, so yeah, I think that was I think that was on purpose. There was definitely a thought process behind putting them in the scrimmage on the same line together. I'll be curious to see how much he changes it because if I that rem-
1: specific line, I, if I remember correctly, last year he changed the lines up quite a bit in camp. That there, oh would, okay, that, in camp, okay, yeah, yeah, not during, not necessarily during. Right. I mean, during games in the season, right. obviously right. will because you'll have whatever play and right. guys will be injured. But I'm just like throughout camp, like. You see, that's the first thing we've seen is those three guys together while the top two lines are still intact. And the assumption is, well, that's going to be the third line. But today, tomorrow, or held the preseason game on Sunday, even though I doubt many regulars will play in that one. He might mix it up completely, and Nolan Patrick is playing with uh, Mark Stone. He probably should, actually, at this point. And so I'm curious to see what happens there and how much that changes and what he actually likes before the season starts. But as of right now, based on the only thing anybody's actually seen of this team, that's probably the third line. Do you think they're about to uh, do to Peyton Krebs what they did to Cody Glass? Make him play on Uh, the wing, not let him play his actual position of center? They did it to Cody Glass. Yeah, they did. And didn't really – I mean, he got – Cody Glass did get a chance to play center with Stone and Pacioretty. It, that they, they had an injury, they had yeah. injuries. He got a chance to play there for like twenty games. It was probably the best he ever looked as a Golden Knight. But once they were fully healthy, he basically never played center. Right. It was he was playing off or at a position at the wing. Peyton Krebs yesterday was on a wing. Brett Howden was the mm-hmm. center. Uh, Lucas Alvinus was the other winger on that line as well. He doesn't really have a for sure spot on the roster, so. That might be his only path, but it does feel like, wow, they're making the same mistake again.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, I think we have to see in terms of when he gets in the games, but I don't think we'd be surprised at that because I'm trying to think of, you know, the top the top uh, four lines in terms of centers, and you have down here, Carrier Wan, Kolasar is the fourth line, and I think, you know, they talked again, whether it was McCrimmon on Wednesday or Pete DeBoer yesterday about how... They wanted to get more scoring from the from the fourth line. Pete DeBoer talked about over the summer when they all sat down and they started building up the team, one of the things that stood out was that fourth line, and they needed more scoring from it. They needed more chances from it. He talked about that in in depth yesterday because that was one of the questions everyone got asked was about the fourth line. Uh, so I don't know what they're going to do with Krebs, but I do think that could be the fourth line to start the season, carry uh, Juan Colasar. You're not getting any scoring if that's
1: your fourth line. That's basically the same thing as it was last year and the year before that. You just subbed out Ryan Reeves for Keegan Colasar, who is well Ryan Reeves two now. He's
0: 2.0 in that he shoots a lot. He just doesn't score. Right. He shoots more than Ryan right. Reeves, but he it hasn't been able to find he, he net. Has the same offensive yeah. skill as
1: <laughs> Ryan Reeves. Well, uh, I think he's a little better offensively skilled. It is he? Yeah, if I mean, he actually gets he gets, the gets better. Nets.
0: He gets better chance. Well, I don't even know if Reeves hit the
1: net. Reeves hit people. <laughs> Reeves, Reeves just Reeves hit other people. Okay. Reeves just didn't shoot. Well, just yeah, misses the net. So I don't know if that's better. Uh, it's different. It's, it's different. A different. it's a different yep. level of skill that he actually to gets to score. shoot the
0: puck. And uh, Reeves didn't shoot at all, he was just running into people. Um, it's a different way to not score. They were very. They they thought. I'm just going off what he said yesterday. This is the coach being asked about the fourth line that he talked a lot about the summer and how they want to make that fourth line. Well, let me ask you then. Who would you put on the fourth line if if that's the mindset that hey you got to get more scoring from that line? It can't just be what we've always had. Then who would you put on the fourth line? Would you put Krebs? Would you put Krebs? Yeah. You, you put
1: Krebs. I went right to Krebs. Yeah. I mean, if if your objective is to have the Best goal scoring fourth line will Carrier a and Keegan Colasar cannot be on that fourth line. Like Nick was probably fine, but like you got it's Krebs or Brett Howden or something like that. There's got to be somebody so else. Sure. Or put him at center and move, and and move the wing. wing. Whatever wing. I don't, yeah. whatever works better. Right. But if, if your goal is, Hey, we want to score with our fourth line. Carrier and Colasar aren't doing that for you. We've seen that. We know what those two players are. They're not going to produce very many goals for you. Now, that might not end up being the goal of the fourth line. They might look at it and say, well, our top three will score. Well, Yeah, if this is the new
0: third line, and this line, third line, like you said, is one of the best third lines, if not the best third line they've had, then maybe their thinking goes differently. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it wasn't that bad to have that kind of fourth line.
1: Right, and, that, and if that's their goal, then Carrier, Wah, and Kolasar is fine. That, that's a, there's nothing wrong with that line as, as a fourth, a fourth line. line. It's just if your goal is to get goal scoring from your fourth line, they're not doing it. That combination is not doing it because we know Carrier and Colasar are not scoring goals. So if you have to get goal scoring there, it's got to be Krebs or Brett Houghton or hell. There's probably other my AHL guys that are better at goal scoring than Keegan Colasar. So that to me is it, it depends on what their goal is. They're right. they're talking about all the goal scoring that they can get from the fourth line. Right. That's not it. I do want to ask Didn't you this, They better too? hope the third line's good. Right. It's got to be. Right. So. I do want to ask you this: The Athletic does every year, like a, they pull fans and ask them, "Hey, what do you think of all the front offices in the NHL?" And so, the Golden Knights fans ranked the Golden Knights front office as the nineteenth best mm-hmm. in the NHL. Nineteenth. Why is that? Just is that just that, them hating on Flurry?
0: Yes, and 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 look, it was packed yesterday, and, and I made fun of a flag guy, but he was there, and, and they were the Go Knights, going all that. It was packed. I literally. I'm not kidding because I left the show right after it and it started at 10. I parked by the aviator's ballpark. That's how parked this was. It was amazing. I mean, I, I was literally down the street and around the corner. And uh, But I do think without a question in my mind, there is a sense that they have lost a portion of them because of flurry. Now – does that mean that portion won't watch games on TV? Does that mean if you're a season ticket holder and you are absolutely pissed about Fleury, you're gonna give him your tickets? I don't know if they've lost into that much because I just think these fans love this team to a different level. But when you were filling out this uh, when you're filling out this form in terms of where you think they were, I assume this with the athletic, this didn't happen yesterday. No, this is the earlier in the offseason. Okay.
1: Yeah. And it, it was, was
0: probably after Flurry.
1: It was so I think it was shortly after Okay, <laughs> okay. so it's trade. it's
0: it's clear in their minds what just happened. Yeah. If they did it today, I don't know if they'd be 19th. But I do think, yeah, I do think, per, perfect example. They Flurry was uh, tweeted yesterday uh, at his first practice. The Chicago Blackhawks tw- uh, tweeted out Marc-Andre Flurry making saves at his first practice. And the first nine or ten, eight or nine or ten of the responses under the tweet were from VGK fans. I'll never forgive them. We love you and the flower emoji. So there is a, I think there's a faction of this fan base that are so pissed that they moved on from
1: him that if they took this survey, they ranked them very low. The interesting part so. is that the way The Athletic does it, they will separate what a fan base thinks of its front office versus what all the other fan bases think of the front office. So Golden Knights fans ranked the Golden Knights front office 19th best. All other NHL fans ranked the front office 9th yes. best. And That's Fleury. Yeah, one of the top There's 10 There's no other offices.
0: explanation than Marc-Andre Fleury being moved. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, I think what so. else what else would they yeah. be mad at? They're in they're in the Western Conference final two straight years. They went to a cup final the first year. They win. They're gonna score like seven hundred points the Pacific Division this year because the Pacific Division's horrible. They're gonna run away with that. So I don't know what else they would be mad at.
1: Yeah, I think it comes down to the flurry trade. You could also go back and, you know, point at like the Nate Schmidt trade and and they've they have made some poor trades recently because they're up against the cap or over the cap a lot of the times, but it, it comes down to how they handled Mark Andre. Okay. The, uh, you're spot on. And Nate
0: Schmidt. Does a lot of this have to do not only that they moved him with allegedly, again, we're not in these rooms, we're not in these phone calls, but the reporting of these things in terms of how they handle guys on the way out.
1: Yeah, and Flurry is pissed about it. Flurry and Alan yes. Walsh have talked a couple of times now, and they're both still mad about the right. way it went down. And that's, I mean, the fans are going to side with Flurry over the front office. Absolutely. So, whatever flurry flurry's mad about how it was treated it doesn't really matter how they treated him flurry's mad about it so fans are going to say yeah you screwed up you made flurry mad
0: angry face emoji for the
1: management flower for the flower that's right you love emojis emojis all right coming up next austin gale from pro football focus joins the show we're back to the press box
0: morning show with ed granny and tyler bischoff be part of the conversation on the finley
1: kia text line at 69187 finley kia come see a kia on west sahara Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Austin Gale. And Austin, does Davis Mills get a uh, – does his PFF grade go up or down based on his neck size?
2: Up, oh, absolutely up. I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. This guy's got, you know, obviously <clears throat> I think both the thickest and the longest neck I've ever seen. It's funny that, you know, I sent out that tweet and a bunch of people started to jump on the neck thing. It's like he it was doing a graphics meeting with our graphics team and they were showing me some new templates and they just randomly used that image. And I was like, guys, did you Photoshop this? They're like, no, I, like, I need to tweet this out. The people need to know. And then that's what ended up, you know, I ended up sending out that big next
1: Wait, who in the graphics <laughs> department pulled the Davis Mills picture and didn't
2: realize the world needed to see it right now. I, I don't understand. That's what I said. I was like, why haven't you showed this to anyone? I was like, cause we, you know, we work with this, certain image company, you know, USA Today, and then they, I was like, this is a real photo. This is a real, I need to tweet this out. This is just <laughs> absurd.
0: The people need to see it.
1: It's so big. It's the most ridiculous neck I've ever it's like seen. like a cartoon.
2: Yes. I didn't want to tweet it out. I had to tweet it out. Like, it was almost a necessity. <laughs> like I, The people needed to know.
0: Uh, do the people need in Vegas to know this? Can Max Crosby sustain this?
2: I, I do think... You know, it's, it's a very high bar to sustain. He leads the NFL in total pressures. He's top three in pass rush win rate. I do think he can sustain a high-end pass rush win rate. He looks, he's you know continues to be one of the more athletic edge defenders in the NFL. He's got good length. I don't know if he's going to be you know, as good as, you know, Miles Garrett or either, either of the both just by year's end, but I don't think it's an insane goal for him to be top five, top six, pass rush win rate by the end of the season because he is off to such a good start. And it's helpful that he went against Alejandro Villanueva, who made the switch from left tackle to right tackle and looked lost. And now he's going to go against this Miami Dolphins team that has very bad offensive tackles. I think it's another W for him as well.
1: Okay. We knew when the Raiders hired Gus Bradley, they were like never going to blitz. They're blitz. They've blitzed four times this season through two games, but they're still like top five in pressure rate so far. So on the idea of Crosby staying this good, how sustainable do you think it is that the Raiders can simply never blitz, but still be one of the five or six best teams in terms of pressure rate?
2: I mean, it's super sustainable because I do think that you know people look at pressure rate and they're like, oh yeah, you have to have a good defensive line, your defensive line, you have to have Miles Garrett to have a good pressure rate. It's like, no, coverage is also a big factor in that, and they have had a significant improvement in coverage, moving Johnson Abrams to a linebacker and playing Trayvon Merrick at free safety, and then bringing in Casey Hayward over Damon Arnett. Like, that alone, like the, that has not been discussed enough. The Raiders signed veteran players to bench their busted first-round pick, and that is one of the biggest single improvements of this defense. Lillian Ferrell not playing snaps, and Damon Arnett not playing snaps. Now, with veterans there, K.J. Wright and Casey Hayward, you're, see, you're, you're seeing better improvement from this defense, in addition to, obviously, competency at defensive coordinator. Gus Bradley knows what he's doing.
0: On the other side, we have no idea if Richie Incognito is going to play this year. He's played, I think we got two games in the last 16 or whatever it is. Uh, That's not good. They haven't been great offensive line, and yet, you know, he's been sacked five times, and yet they've kind of held up enough for him to play pretty well. So is this sustainable? Because I know your guys' rankings are, you know, Leatherwood and others are not ranked high at all, and some of them are even last.
2: No, I do think this offensive line is going to continue to, you know, take heat. I think Alex Leatherwood, and again, for offensive line, I don't think it gets discussed enough how much you know development matters. It's one of the hardest positions to transfer transfer from college to the pros in. If you have a you know an offensive lineman grading really poorly out of the gate, it's not a death knell for him. It's year two, year three, year four where you expect to see this jump, and that's where Colt Miller is. You know, Colt Miller is one of few tackles that hasn't allowed a sack in any true pass set this year. Having the blind side protected with Colt Miller has been a massive win. For this Raiders offensive line, now on the interior, they're giving up pressures, and Alex Leatherwood's getting you know beat up pretty badly when healthy. That is a concern. But the Raiders are throwing the ball. Another under-discussed you know topic is the Raiders are throwing the ball on early downs at the highest rate in the NFL, and they haven't been in overly behind game scripts to do so. It's just they know that this offensive line is a concern. They know they don't have to you know run the football to establish anything. They need to throw the football with reckless abandon because their best players are in the passing game. Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, this is how they win football games. So when they are throwing at this clip, they're putting this offense in a better position to succeed, even with the added pressure that you're seeing from the right side and in the interior.
1: So here's the hypothetical for you. John Gruden has always loved to establish the run, but this year they they can't run the ball, so he can't do it. Did Mike Mayock intentionally sabotage the offensive line so John Gruden would have to throw (laughs) the ball on first down?
2: No, not at all. I mean, I also (laughs) think that this isn't completely... John Gruden admitting John Gruden admitting that like hey we can't run the football we have to throw on early downs I think it is buying into some of the analytics it's buying into like hey throwing on early downs is a positive especially when you have an offense a passing offense that can you know win down the football field and that's what they have that's what they've always had you know so many articles have already been written about how Derek Carr is more aggressive John Gruden's being more aggressive. Being more aggressive in today's NFL is winning. It's it's leveraging the math to create more explosive plays, and that's what this Raiders team is doing. Derek Carr, people are saying he's off to the best start we've seen since 2016. He's playing as well as he has in the previous years. Yes, he's getting more aggressive. Yes, he's taking more shots, but he's still as accurate as he has been. I think now it's just the opportunities way more opportunities throwing the football downfield. And honestly, you're starting to see some more people create separation, Ruggs and Brian Edwards included.
0: Uh, gonna go to him next. Who has the better season after all is said and done? Henry Ruggs or Brian Edwards? Who would you take right now?
2: I would take Henry Ruggs. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, Henry Ruggs can create the big play. And I also think they haven't completely leveraged him as this kind of near the line of scrimmage player that I want to see more of. I want to see more crossers. I want to see more screens. I want to see more slants. That's where Henry Ruggs has success. You know, people forget at Alabama, he only had two deep receptions. In his last year there, so the receptions of 20-plus air yards, he was used at and near the be- line of scrimmage, and that I think is where the Raiders can have even more success with Henry Ruggs as he gets more comfortable. You know, a lot of this is confidence. A lot of this is you know, development for Henry Ruggs, but he is confident now. I mean, he's had a really good start this season. You hope to see him leverage more and be the first read more on some of these underneath routes so we can take it after the catch.
1: What do you expect from Justin Fields in his first start?
2: It's going to be a very conservative offense. They're going to limit the shots he takes. They're going to try and protect up front. It's a very battered, low-performing offensive line. I I do think this offense is going to look boring, for lack of a better word. I think that is going to lead to low points for the Chicago Bears. It's going to be difficult for them to win football games. But until he's comfortable, I don't think Matt Nagy will really open things up for him. And I think that's smart. Like You don't want Justin Fields. To develop bad habits and and start to get overly aggressive. I mean, we've seen some young quarterbacks in the NFL already doing that, like Zach Wilson, throwing four picks against the Patriots because he's pressing too hard. You know, no quarterback in the NFL has more out of rhythm dropbacks than Zach Wilson. And not all of that is pressure. Yes, that offensive line stinks, but he's bailing out of clean pockets. Guess what he's seeing? Ghosts. The same ghost that Sam <laughs> Darnold saw behind that Jets offensive line. So I do think that you don't want to. Put your quarterback, your young quarterback, in a situation where he starts to develop these bad habits. Because right now, Zach Wilson has no confidence in his offensive line, bailing out of clean pockets, and trying to be a superhero. Justin Fields does that same thing, and you're not going to win any games this year.
0: If Justin Fields throws six touchdown passes, will Nagy say, Andy's still my guy?
2: <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, I do think that Andy Dalton also could be out longer than this week, just from an injury perspective. And then if Justin Fields even shows like any level of competency – I think he starts for the rest of the year. Like, I think it makes too much sense for him to do so. Um, especially, I think, you know, we saw this last week when he did come in. A like very low average at the target. Did not ask him to push the ball downfield. I think that is, an, you know, a sign that Nagy wants to protect Justin Fields. It's why he's been sitting. He doesn't want him to come in with the expectations that he needs to lead the Bears to the playoffs. He just needs to improve every single week. And I think that's what they're going to try and do.
1: I know we didn't see it last night, but through two weeks, there had been more fourth down uh, attempts from coaches across the NFL. What do you make of just the sort of maybe surge in coaches trusting analytics a little bit more to go for it on fourth and short?
2: I mean, it gets to a point where the data is too obvious not to, you know, when things are new, you know, three, four, five years ago, there's people that are hesitant, but at this point, with how deep the analytics teams are for all three, two teams, you know, every team you know, employing an analytics staff, like it gets to a point where the data is too obvious and too pressing for you not to do it. And I also think it's just a huge, you know, it's just, again, like it's a fact, it's a fact that it gives you better win probability in certain situations. It's very simple math to do, you know, PFF and other, other, you know, um, ESPN has fourth down. New York times, fourth down models to when you should go and when you shouldn't all the teams have access to that. Leaning into the data and doing that is only just what's obvious. What you know, team should do.
1: If you have Davis Mills, should you still go for it?
2: Yes, I, that was one of the worst. I don't understand. <laughs> you were seven. You were eight point dogs. You, were, you know, I thought I heard some coach recently. I think it was you know, Vic Fangio. You know, the, the spread doesn't matter. We don't care any about that stuff. All that stuff. No, it does. When you're eight point dogs, you win. You enter the game with lower win probability, and Vegas is one of the most accurate game predictors there is. Like. You were eight point dogs with an opportunity to try and make this game a game. You have to leverage every opportunity you can to increase your win probability. And that's going forward on fourth down in that situation, not taking the delay a game. But am I surprised by the same coach that, you know, opted to punt after a third down penalty? No. I mean David <laughs> Coley, like is obviously not, you know, um, all about the data and analytics to leverage in those decisions.
0: You you could sneak it and have him stretch his neck out, right? Yeah, just honestly, out, honestly, just the neck
1: was not leveraged
2: out enough. Out. I'll say that.
1: <laughs> he is Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Austin, as always, we appreciate. Thanks, it. Austin.
2: Absolutely, thank you.
1: Did you see that in week two? The Texans had a I can't. It was third and I want to say twelve or something like that. And they took a false start, and no, there was a penalty on the defense. Oh, okay, and they. The the Texans picked up like 10 yards, so it was going to be like fourth and two, and they declined the penalty to take the fourth and two rather than like a third and seven, and then they punted. They punted on fourth down? Yeah. Like they they declined the penalty to set up fourth and two, but didn't go for it. They punted. Wow. Rather than have a third and nine or wow. 10 where they could pick up the first down. It believe- was unbelievable. Why like if you're I- going to decline the penalty to set up fourth and two, you're saying, "Well, we can yes, get two well, yards." Yes, well, you can get two. You can get two yards. Right. Otherwise, you accept the penalty, take the third and eight or nine, whatever it was, and try to complete the pass for a first uh, down. I am amazed that
0: I've yet to pick against the Texans in my Survivor League. <laughs> I should just see everyone they play every week and just pick that team.
1: All right, we have three hundred dollars on the line. It's Dollar Lone Center Friday Football Frenzy. We are going to have. Somebody's going to call in and win right now. We're going to give that person three games. If they can just pick the winner, no spreads, just pick the winner of the three games we give you. You'll take home $300. Thanks to dollar loan center. 702-364-1100 is the phone number 702-364-1100. You're shot to win $300 from dollar loan center. We're back to the press box morning show with Ed Grady and Tyler Bischoff dollar loan center Friday football frenzy your chance to win some cash just by picking the winners of a few games we have not had a winner yet this year so the hundred dollars keeps rolling over we are up to three hundred dollars for week three and we have bill so bill your first game is bucks at rams
2: um I'm going to go Rams upset.
1: Okay. Got the Rams winning that game. Your second game is going to be Packers at 49ers.
2: Uh, The San Francisco 49ers.
1: All right. And the last one for you is the Seahawks at the Vikings.
2: I'm going to go road win for the Seahawks.
1: All right. So we got you in. If the Rams 49ers and Seahawks all win, Bill, you'll get 300 bucks. Good luck.
2: Fantastic. Thank you guys. Great show. So, thank you.
1: Thank you. So if the, all three of those teams don't win, we'll have $400, $400 to give week. away next week. So Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks for Bill. Um, all right. And I have, a, I have a question for you, a wedding invitation-type etiquette question. <laughs> My, like, best friend from high school and college, the one I actually just went to Seattle with, he has a younger sister. She is getting married next year. Next year? Yes. Okay. Uh, back in Mississippi. So, I have to go back to Mississippi for this wedding. Right. She is getting married the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Okay. One day before. Do I go to this wedding? Absolutely. I do? Of course. I won't be here on Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. Tyler, I don't know if you know this. There's something called Clean Feed.
0: (laughs) So, you can be here the day after the Super Bowl. We'll just like, we'll uh, bring you up on Clean Feed. You can do your show from from your mom's uh, farm there.
1: I don't think she gets internet good enough to do Queen
0: Feet. Bob. <laughs> <Mom? laughs> so this is a no-brainer. No, it's not even. I didn't even. I didn't even uh, blink. Wow. Okay. Now this is the friend you just went to the Seahawks game with. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. has not instructed to his sister what day this is and kind of went
1: after about that. He did. I listen. We didn't realize it until I was sort of looking at the calendar because I had the invitation, right, and was like, oh. This is in early February. Oh, my God. This is the day before the Super Bowl. And he didn't even realize. I texted my friend. and I was like, what's your sister doing? And we ultimately decided that we he blame didn't realize me. it. My, my friend did not. But ultimately, we decided we're blaming her soon to be husband. What the hell is he doing? Yeah, I think you have to blame well, well, the fiance, well, whoever well, that well, person is. What the hell is he doing? Yeah, You're getting married the day before the Super Bowl?
0: I mean, I guess the question is,
1: should her brother be at the wedding? That is a good <laughs> question. Yeah. But I mean, he lives in Mississippi, so he doesn't have okay. to get on a plane and fly back. Home. It's not—I didn't even blink. You have to really, be there. you okay. have to be there. Okay, and you do clean feed. Right. You still do the show. Well, here's the thing: if I do clean feed, I might not get home until Wednesday. Fly, listen, flying yeah. in and out of Mississippi takes like the entire day, <laughs> because the Mississippi flies to like three cities in the whole world. Where do you land in? Where do you land in Mississippi? Jackson, in Jackson. Yeah. Okay, All but right. getting out of Jackson, it, they only fly to like Houston. Atlanta and like Chicago. <laughs> Seriously, there's only like three flights out of that sit out of that airport. How far are you from the house? Ah, uh, not too well. My mom moved. We actually used to live when I was growing up there. We lived like 15 minutes from the airport, okay. which was nothing. But she moved so she could have some farm. She minutes. can have the so farm. She's animals. like an hour away from. Yeah, she wants to farm. Yeah, so. I actually probably wouldn't even stay with her if I went back because she now lives like 90 minutes away from where this <laughs> wedding will be. Like it's she lives she she moved she tried to buy. Will your mom be attending? Wine. I don't think she got an invite. Maybe she did. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> asked her about it. But
0: will your girlfriend's the plus one?
1: Yeah. yeah she, she
0: doesn't know these. Well, 20. she must know your friend. Yeah, yeah. She knows them. She okay. does. Yeah, she absolutely does. So, all right. But so, I no, mean, I'm not even blinking. No the brainer for you, okay? All it's right. a no-brainer. You have to go to the wedding.
1: I'm just saying it's poor no. timing. Who's scheduled- Oh, it's horrible timing. Yeah, in, fact, who did this?
0: in fact, I'll be very disappointed in you. Have you met the fiancé? No, I've never met him, Okay, I'll be very disappointed if the first thing he does is put out his hand and you go, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, that has to be your first introduction to this guy. You can't say nice to meet you because it's not nice to meet him because he schedules his wedding the day before the Super Bowl. <laughs> do you
1: know what this weekend yeah, do is? Do you know who are you? What's wrong with you? I've told my girlfriend if we get married, it is that one day in July after the MLB All-Star game, where there is there's no, nothing, no, no, baseball, sports. hockey, football, right. or basketball. No there sports. might be major league soccer. I told her I can, I can handle a day without major league soccer. <laughs> but that's it. I think so. It's,
0: you'll be getting married on a Thursday
1: at eight a.m. I think it's a Wednesday. Yeah,
0: it's, I think a, Wednesday it's a Wednesday at eight a.m. That's a good
1: point. We should get married early in the day. Then, if there's oh, any absolutely, major league soccer, yeah, I yeah can absolutely.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine you sending out weird invitations with a seven a.m. start? <laughs> I mean, and given it's you, like people wouldn't even blink. It's like, all right, well, we got to get up at five. Uh, get ready for the wedding and be to the church by seven.
1: <laughs> uh, Worst part is my girlfriend wants to get married in October. Oh,
0: there's no chance. No. Yeah, no chance. Happening. What's she thinking? It's Does she not, know I who know. she's marrying? I
1: know. It's not happening.
0: She knows it's not happening. What did she say when you said the one day? She's not going like, to accept that. Yeah, probably not. She'll she's not accepting yeah, that. But... You're going to be the guy at your wedding who at the receptions, not really with your wife. You're in the bar with everyone else watching a game. Absolutely. Like where is he? They're supposed to cut the cake. Yeah, where is I'll, this guy? I'm gonna make Where's sure. the first dance? All these things are supposed to. Be, your your best
1: man's going to be giving a toast, and you won't be there. Right? No, <laughs> You'll as, be in the bar watching a game. As we're doing the the actual wedding ceremony, <laughs> I have somebody holding those the tablet up, <laughs> up behind her head so I can see whatever's <laughs> happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you what? What? Do you think what? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, look what important. happened! Score. Yeah, it's way more important. I just, I can't believe they scheduled a wedding for Super Bowl weekend.
0: Well, I mean, look, he might meet the fiance and he might not have anything to do with sports or he wouldn't have thought that. And he might not like sports at all, which you're already shaking your head of. Why would she marry him? No, I'm shaking my head. That doesn't matter. You got to know better than that. There's not a whole really. If, can, he, if he has nothing to do with sports and doesn't know sports, then why would he know when the Super Bowl? There's
1: goes? a whole thing about you don't get married in the fall because of football. Oh, sp- you're talking about because n- yeah. not people who don't know anything about football, but people who don't know anything about football. You don't get married in the fall well, because of your guests, because your guests know they care more about football than your damn wedding. <laughs> right. Well,
0: I mean, uh, depending on who it is. But yes, for the most part, I would care more about football. Than I, I care would more about the Super Bowl than her wedding.
1: Yes, I absolutely yeah. do. I'm, I can't think of anybody's wedding who I would care more about than the Super Bowl. Not even my not own, Not even your own. No, it's the Super Bowl. I Where will you watch whenever. this? They're going to have to have a party. I don't know. Oh, no, someone will have the a party. That's
0: problem. Someone will have a party. Your I'm best le- friend
1: will have a party. I'm leaving the best place in the world to watch Super Bowl to go to Mississippi. <laughs>